Hello, I'm Emily Dean. And I'm Kim Highland. And we're your hosts for You're Not That Special. Where we share conversations about the wonder and joy of our everyday lives. And we're so glad you're here. Hello, Mom. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. That's a new start. It is. (laughs) This is going to be a totally different flavor of podcast. Because it's the end of the day. Because it's the evening that we are recording this. And we're different people after 9 o'clock. We are. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe we'll have a poll and see, do you like morning (laughs) conversation or evening conversation? Morning coffee or what we just, evening herbal tea. Tea. Yeah. Maybe we should have had coffee. (laughs) Well, this is good. It's been a busy week, an odd week. Things are kind of coming. We're in a transition for it, sure. It is odd. I feel like for a lot of people right now, things are coming to a close and a bunch mm-hmm. of things are opening off. and ramping oh up gosh, at yeah. the same time. Making up for lost time. Yeah. Yeah. We've had like mm-hmm. two moves, a graduation, all in Ethan's 10 days. tour schedule is yeah. filling to the brim. So every time I look at our little Google calendar, it's like there are more gray dots and I'm like, deep breaths, deep breaths. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. Well, and we've also, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, um, we're getting our, our stamina, our social stamina <laughs> right. back. Right. So, but, um, so we're going to talk more <laughs> about, about humility. humility. We made it through. It's been a week mm-hmm. since the last talk. Simmering on humility. Yeah. It was I, actually good. So I, I'll, I'll let you start. But Well, I, I have been thinking about it. I listened to our last conversation. Back, yeah. yeah. And it um, spurred new thoughts. And I was thinking about how humility, we're, we're such a lonely culture right now and humility brings us into communion not just with Christ but with one another and pride does the opposite and I was thinking about um, you know we referenced Tim Keller's book The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness and how he talks about like Mm self-abasement and and then also like he calls it inflated and deflated pride mm-hmm. and how I, it was Paul writing to the church, one of the, yeah, <laughs> the church. And he, he talks about inflated and deflated pride. And he uses the analogy of like the bowels, like inflated and deflated and says that is, that's pride, but it's still pride, the bowels, you know, inflated or deflated, Um, you know, so thinking very, very highly of ourselves or thinking very, very poorly of ourselves. And I was just thinking today about how either one of those things brings me away from, from others. If I think very highly of myself, then I've removed myself from you know, community because I think I'm better than you. And if I think very poorly of myself, then I've removed myself from community because I think I'm less than you. Right. But humility primes us for relationship. I was just contemplating that on the way Yeah, over here. because it humility 
recognizes that we have a place, that we play a part, Mm -hmm. but it's just a part. We talked about that um, some episodes back, how we are an integral part. Each one of us is an integral part of the body of Christ, but we're also a part. Which is the whole premise of you're not that special. Yeah. We, because when we really look at it, that's a load and a weight that we don't want to carry. Right, right. And when you recognize yourself as an integral part, you have a you have a role that's suited to you, mm-hmm. but it's in the context of a lot of other necessary parts. Right. I was just having a conversation with somebody, and she asked me, what is your big dream? Like, what's your next big dream? And she's doing really cool, amazing things right now. And I was like, well, and I thought about it, and I felt like my answer was inadequate, but I was like, you know, I'm really just excited about the stuff that I'm doing around my house, and... I love homeschooling and I'm excited about these different things. And it just felt like everything I had to say, I was like having that out of body experience where you're listening to yourself talk. And Mm -hmm. I was like, geez, I sound so lame. Like (laughs) I just love to garden. I have three tomato plants. And I was like, wow. Like, am I painting a picture of like lame future for her? But, and I know, I know all the right answers, But it was just so funny to me going and talking with her again because I had that same friend over and we talked again. And I was like, you know, I realized it's funny. I didn't have like a a great grand answer for you because I'm just content. Yeah. And I think that we look at virtues like humility and contentment almost like second place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, if you're not awesome or your life isn't <laughs> great, maybe you should learn humility. Mm-hmm. That would be good for you. Mm-hmm. Or if you're not, like, living your dream and you said it, you go, girl, and ponytails up and hoops on, drink your coffee, right. you know, chase that dream, then maybe you should learn contentment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what's so funny about that? Because I was just thinking today, you know— we talk a lot about social media, but I think that there's there's a, a real interesting uh, lesson for us in it, and that prior to social media, which I am old enough to remember really well, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. fame, notoriety, followers, fans, all these things, um, a steady stream of affirmation, most people didn't have that, right? Most people just lived their quiet, content lives. And very, very few were, you know, so the the gap between the quote-unquote famous Mm -hmm. was much wider Mm -hmm. than it is now. And that was one of the interesting things about social media is all of a sudden these people that were very elite and impossible to reach unless you were actually like part of a fan club and even then you know did they ever really read their letters you know right yeah um and that really dates me because there were fan clubs right you could could write letters you could write letters and be part of a fan club but now all of a sudden because of 
social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram, you could message them and maybe even get a reply. Mm -hmm. And so that gap was really narrowing very quickly. And the, the playing field was leveled in terms of, you know, we all had the same device at our fingertips and there were ways to very quickly gain a following and gain um, a lot of notoriety. Mm -hmm. All that to say, are we happier? So now, you know, the big dream, the big, you know, the numbers, the blue check mark, you know, all these things. Right. But has that, so now a lot more of us are, quote unquote, you know, or a lot more people are famous. Yeah. But are we, are we really any happier? And that goes, that speaks to the, you know, it's like there's this big scam that goes on that your happiness is found outside of your everyday four walls. Mm -hmm. And it is a scam. The greatest joy and peace and contentment comes from your, or the, I should say, the greatest potential for joy and peace and contentment and happiness comes from your everyday life. Yeah. And when you think about, you know, the greatest good, because we live in a, in a time in culture where we all are, you know, we're advocates for whatever it is we are advocating for. And I think there's an incredible weight and value to advocacy. But what about our very own lives? Because that is where we can do the greatest the good. Absolutely. Where we can do the absolute most. And I, I feel like I've had this conversation with several people where, you know, we go round and round about these big, big world topics. And then you kind of get to like the end of the night and you're like, well, you know, I'm just here. You know, if I had tons of money or, you know, tons of influence, then maybe I, you know, would do something about that. But, and, and there's an appropriate like saying, okay, yeah, I, I'm not a politician or I'm not a millionaire. So no, there's, there's not an immediate <clears throat> effective change that I can make that I can see. So I'm going to kind of set that aside a little bit. I think that's kind of, that's a grace, you know, of having just one life that we mm -hmm. live. But I think that there's also kind of something, oh, it's lost on us that actually the way that we lives our, we live our individual lives has a butterfly effect that we will never understand, you know, a, a vastness to it. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and the potency of your influence, the closer the person is in your life, the, right. more, the deeper the influence. So right. we could waste our greatest influence. Right reaching and striving for a much lesser influence that the net benefit in the end right. is nowhere near what it could have been. Right. Um, I, I know I've shared this before, but assuming, you know, there might be a few of you that have listened to every single one of our episodes. <laughs> so if you're one of those, please forgive me rerun, but for the, the rest of you, um, I shared how, when you guys were small, you know, I just felt I had 
passions and ambitions yeah. and I they had not really connected yet to I think before I had kids mm-hmm. I was like yeah change the world have these kids and then but once I had you and and the everyday reality of you there was a disconnect between mm-hmm. you know how I can make an impact and and I just remember coming to a point of you know realization that um why I used to pray and say, I remember praying, God, I really, I wanted to, you know, go to seminary. I wanted to study the lives of great men and women of God. And I just heard in my heart, you have five kids because Sam wasn't born yet. You have five kids, make great men and women of God. And there was just this shift that I, I was, I, all of a sudden my eyes were open to the potential Mm. and I realized not only was there potential, but it was greater potential, like the greatest potential. And I actually drew like little stick figures of (laughs) of all five of you. (laughs) And I was like, okay, if on average they each, you know, have, have the amount of children, (laughs) two children. Right. I did that like, and in two or three generations, I mean, it was hundreds of people. Wow. And it just so, it, it lit a fire in me. I was like, if I give my very best, I pour my very best into these people, mm-hmm. what that could potentially do, not only for you guys, but for the world, right? You know, yeah. and for, but the longer I've lived that truth, the truer I've realized it is. Mm. That, um, yeah, I mean, there are going to be people who do things outside, obviously, you know, um, doing things outside of our immediate realm of influence, but our greatest impact, our greatest potential is on bringing it back to humility, our humble homes, you know, and our humble communities and our humble, you know, friendships. Yeah, I think we do. We see humility as something small, but as we're talking, I'm thinking of it almost like humility is like the clarifying. It's, you know, the blurry vision and then putting on your glasses so that you can actually see. Because to use motherhood, for example, there's such a smallness, you know, in motherhood, like this feeling of invisibility and... um yeah, just a smallness, but it's a profound smallness. Like when you actually look at the intricacies of one day, when you yeah. slow down, yeah, there are miracles everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I feel like I learned so much of that in gardening and I am totally like, you know, there are all different styles of People and all different styles of gardeners. (laughs) And I am just a put it in the ground and water it. And if you're too wimpy, then you can go next door because (laughs) there are no wimpy flowers in my garden. Um, I actually do nerd out and read about plants these days. But I am not like a rule follower or an instructions person. And um, it's definitely not the way that my garden started. Um, Now I'm getting nerdy about it. But (laughs) when you look at just a single flower it's there are no words mm-hmm. to describe there's not enough poetry there aren't mm-hmm. enough songs mm-hmm. to yeah, describe what really happens when yeah. you really pay attention and i think that's 
one of the beautiful things about, you know, zoning in, you know, I think about it. We use microscopes so that we can see the smallness. Yeah. But the more you look. Yeah. The more you realize how vast Mm -hmm. one particular thing is. Mm. I love that, that humility is really, it, it focuses us and it, it, yeah, it brings so much clarity. Yeah. Today I was looking at a delphinium, which I was complaining to you the other yeah, week about. Yeah, they're wimpy. They are. They're, they're wimpy just, flowers. I've planted two. I was the other day. I was weeding around one, bumped it the wrong way, and it just fell over. I was like, No, you know what she did? She got offended, <laughs> and she was like, Excuse me. La gasp. And she threw herself. So I planted. This is why you have so much fun gardening. They all have. You're going to have to walk my garden and tell me about their personalities and what their voices sound like. So I call her my good luck delphinium because. Good luck delphinium. She was wimpy. And I was like, fine, we will give you one more chance. Because I love, I love the tall, spindly, I love. The spiked flowers. Yeah, I know. Salvia, I, I love cone They're all super poisonous, though, and will Hollyhocks, kill your children. Foxglove. Yeah, they will all, all kill the all ones. kill your children. And you know, the other day I was like, I should have just planted foxglove. And then I looked down and Benjamin like grabbed a piece of yarrow and just stuffed it straight uh. in his mouth. And I was like, that is why I don't have foxglove <laughs> in my in my garden. All the non-poisonous. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway, my good luck, Delphinium. Mm-hmm. This morning was just a bud. Mm-hmm. And by this afternoon, there was a thunderstorm coming in, and it had been a long, hot summer day. Mm-hmm. And it's not summer, but, you know, a long, hot day. We had all been outside playing in the pool, and then it started to open. Mm-hmm. But I had been outside. I literally was outside the entire day today. And it had started opening, and, like, one little petal, I must have just been there right at the right time, just kind of went, tick. And I was like... <laughs> I'm going to lose it. I'm just going to start crying at the vastness of creation and God and the universe and the cosmos. And my heart is a puddle within my chest. But it was just, it was incredible. Yeah. And that is the potential for a humble spirit. You know, Mm -hmm. that we might see, think about all the miracles. You wrote about this today. All the miracles probably that we're just, that we're totally missing all day long because of a prideful spirit. And prideful, you really should read The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness if you can. I should reread it. But prideful can be a an inflating or a deflating right. of self. Yeah, yeah. You know? and that was a real aha for me because, I mean, I'm certainly susceptible to the inflated pride, but mm-hmm. I didn't see how my self-abasement, my self, you know, emotional self-flagellation, I mean, my, oh, I can't, I'm so, oh, I'm never enough, I'm never enough, I'm never enough. When I realized that that's actually a manifestation of pride, at first I was like, no, how could it be? But then, mm-hmm. you know, when I pressed in and realized, no, it is. Um, it's, I mean, probably could be an entire episode, but I think it's just an unwillingness to be okay with your humanity and to see your smallness and your need, your deep need. With being not that special. Right, right. And um, 
but there's so much freedom in in it. You know, we talked last week about the ego drama and the theodrama, and mm. I messaged you the other day because I I also listened to our talk, and just that I'm getting so much mileage from that because mm. there's for me it's just like there's a place in my head. And my default is the ego drama. Yeah. It's, I got to do this, I got to do this, and then there's that, and oh my gosh, and I'm, there's not enough time, and I'm tired, and I'm stressed, and I don't know what, and what about next year? And, you know, just all these, it's all on me, mm-hmm. right? And, I mean, I, it's not like, you know, we, we we talked about how the ego drama is like you're the you're the producer, the director, and the star of the mm-hmm. drama. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that 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 kind of goes with what we we're talking about, how, you know, even self-abasement is pride. It's not like I'm all about me, like everybody look at me kind of pride. It's just it's this this misunderstanding that I'm the one that's got to make this all come together. Right. It could be you just shoulding on yourself. Yeah, right, like I right. should have done this. I yeah. should have done that. Yeah, I should have done this. Or feeling like... Yeah, how am I going to do this all? Or, you know, for me, you know, just I'm in a place now wrapping up this school year and looking at opportunities and the future and decisions and being overwhelmed, you know, because what if I make the wrong decision and I get myself, you know, overcommitted or undercommitted or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that is my default. But the idea of this theodrama, you know, that God is the producer, the director, the star, and I get to be a part of it. There's, I just have been shifting in my head, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just a slight shift, but um, I feel it. I feel when I shift yeah. that, oh, he's going to give me my lines. Yeah, He's going to tell me when I'm on stage and where to go. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna practice and I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to um seek him, but I'm gonna remember that he's he's doing it. He's producing, he's providing, he's directing. And there are a whole lot of other people in the drama too that it becomes a I get to be yeah. a part of this. And he's gonna show me what I need, just what's my next line what's my what's the next thing and it's just really it it has been profound this week when I just like oh okay I don't have to know it all I don't have to figure it all out and I am walking in that awareness of I do need help Mm -hmm. and he's so willing to provide it and he's here with me and that's just such a place of freedom and joy and security in his love and with that directive (coughs) you know who is going to give you your next line what is your action to listen yeah to be quiet yeah you know you never see an actor or an actress unless you know it's a film making fun of them you know (laughs) going i got it i got it i got it i got it to the director that's good they're quiet yeah. Because I feel like I'm so often when I learn about different virtues, I'm like, well, what do I do? Yeah. I get it. That's lovely. The end product will be great if my, you know, 
darn soul could ever, <laughs> you know, get, you know, get in shape, but how, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And in the book, Humility Rules, there's so much about quiet. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. so, so often when I am, you know, coming before the Lord with all my cares and my worries, and it is, it's like, I'm the writer, producer, director of this show, and I'm so bad at it. And why am I so bad at it? And why can't I just figure out how to be better at it? Yeah. You know? And even like, God, why did you do this? Why did you give me all of this? Right. Why and did you like, trust me with it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I feel so often that I come to him and I'm like, here's all the stuff. And and what do I do about it? And, and how do we—and what's next? And order it and show me and and— all I'm supposed to do is come and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's a it's an odd concept, but our lives are they're not as loud as we make them. Yeah. They don't have to be as loud. Or stressed or yeah. I mean Right. Yeah. And I, to me, when you say loud, that's what I think. It's like these loud, loud, you know, just in our head. Right. This, this, and this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. I was even yeah. reading a post the other day about parenting, mm-hmm. and it was all about, like, the like it, when you yell at your children, and it kind of, like, translated what you're actually saying is you're just yelling at yourself. Like, mm-hmm. so often mm-hmm. our reactions to mm-hmm. our children are not actually about what they're doing, mm-hmm. but how we feel about ourselves. Yeah, that's for sure. And yeah. I I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the things that I get most frustrated with. And it's always, like, you know, in the heat of the moment when I'm just like, why, why haven't I figured out a better schedule for their school? Like, why, why have I not— you know, gotten my butt in gear to get up earlier so that this doesn't happen anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's this feeling of like, yeah, it's total self-abasement. Like, oh, why can't I just, and and I just do this. I just, I just go, why and why? And I should have, and gosh, and waste all this time and energy on that rather than saying, God, can you help me? Right, yeah, which is humility. Right. And I think that it's so important to realize that, you know, when he's when in that place, before, not asking for help, but that place of why, why, why I'm not enough, I'm not enough, is this sense that somehow God is holding a standard higher than you're capable of reaching. Right. And so you're failing mm-hmm. and he's disappointed and i think that is the the lie of our pride so you can see how it keeps us in this place of almost constant you know frustration and you've said before that we were not made to fail over and over and over, over and over right? again. that's why i said it's like if we are then let's think about our expectations yeah but right. that's what i think as it it's a it's telling us a lie about who he is too, which is probably even more important, right? So not only is it you know pride is lying to us about ourselves, but it's also lying to us about God, mm-hmm. that he's looking at us and just kind of sitting with his arms crossed, waiting for us to get our 
like you said, stuff together. Mm. And he's disappointed. And at best, he's just tolerant. And okay, well, you know, forgive you, <laughs> you know, today. That makes me and so st- mad to think that that's our idea of God. Right. Because he's so kind. But exactly. And so humility that gives us the right estimation of who we are and our need, then, oh, and look at who he is. Right. He's always with us. He tells us to cast our burdens and cares on him. You know, he tells us to come to him when we're weary and heavy laden, and he'll give us not a to-do list, but he'll give us rest. Mm -hmm. And I was reading, and this could be another um, maybe it'll be our next topic, but <laughs> I was reading about the just justice, but it, it, you know, you say justice and all kinds of things come to mind, but at its core, what justice is, is a right estimation and giving, giving proper um, acknowledgement and giving something it's due, right? So, Injustice is when we're not doing that. So when you think about, you know, injustice, when we're not treating humans right, it's because we're not giving them their due as people created in the image of God and Mm. whose worth emanates from that, Mm. that God has made them. Therefore, and he loves them. Therefore, they're worthy. They bear his image. So to not give them, to to treat them appropriately as... Mm -hmm creatures made in the image of God is unjust. In the same way, when we don't give God his due, you know, when we have an improper um, idea of who he is, Mm -hmm. usually we, you know, it's lower than who he really is, you know, less loving, less powerful, less whatever. Um, That is fundamental injustice, Mm -hmm. that we're not acknowledging God as who he is. And the way I see this, you know, connects to humility is humility helps us to do, to be just in our estimation of ourselves and of God Mm -hmm. to, to give him his due and to give ourselves our proper due, which I think pride causes us to have a, 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 a wrong estimation of who we are. Right. That we're more than, and God is less than. Yeah. And humility sets us in this place of, of um, understanding. Right. I know who I am. I know my need. And I know who he is. Right. And just to clarify one more time, even when you're saying that we are more than, that includes the deflated, like, mm-hmm. gosh, I can't get this together, you know, version of ourselves, because that's saying that we need somehow mm-hmm. to have gotten it together, to, that we're right? somehow supposed to arrive at togetherness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so as I, I mentioned, looking forward to, you know, making some decisions, I get really overwhelmed because I don't want to make the wrong one. I don't want to be in a place where I'm not going to be enough. And I get really freaked out because I'm like, if I do this, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, I will do one thing all the way and that's it. That's really my, my go-to. Right. But life hasn't availed me. Of right. Yet, you know? <laughs> um, and so as I'm praying and sensing, okay, yes, obviously home and family got to do it. Mm-hmm. But also, 
you know, this area of, of being a blessing to my community, this area, it's um, my pride tells me you can't do all that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, um, you're, yeah, and, and then I very quickly become fearful and humility helps me to look and say, oh, if I feel like I, I can follow what I believe God is leading me in, mm-hmm. knowing, okay, I probably am really going to need <laughs> a lot of help mm-hmm. along the way, but that that's who I am. Right. Am I making any sense? Yes, absolutely. Too late. <laughs> no, it's actually it makes a lot of sense. Like, okay, so I'm going to do this thing and and I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a lot of help. I'm going to need an infrastructure that is beyond me. Mm-hmm. It's not the ego drama. It yeah. is the Theo drama. Right. It's almost like he's giving me this part, you know, in that in that context of a drama right and I'm like that's too big yeah that's really too big I don't think I can he's like there are all these other parts that are going to come around you and and play with you yeah that that makes total sense to me and it makes me think about some of the more I don't know gutsy you would Mm -hmm. say things that I've done and it's always required all kinds of other parts all kinds of players that I never could have foreseen yeah you know but there's this and i think that's why i think that's why we love dreams mm-hmm. you know i think because it's something it's something big mm-hmm. and we i think we know i think we all know that it's a little bit too big for me like it's yeah. it's so beyond that me sense of adventure yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. wonder and how is it going to happen and i don't know and if you know you're a child of god you're you're kind of like okay like I did everything that I could, and now how are you going to make it happen? Like there is, there's this beautiful, obvious participation happening Mm -hmm. because you're like, this is totally beyond me. But we don't think of our everyday lives like that. You know, I can totally think about, so like Verity Vree, I'm like, this is big, God, like, how is this all going to work out? How are I'm you going to walk in faith? Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. But somehow in my motherhood, I'm like, mom is getting up at 5 a.m. <laughs> we're going to make that chicken casserole the day before. What's up? You know, I'm just like, we're going to walk in here and own it. And then day after day after day, somebody <laughs> messes it up. <laughs> the kids hear me and they're like, I think she's trying to slice some potatoes and get an up on us. Let's wake up and poop the bed. Boom. You know, and I'm just like. <laughs> Which uh, probably is just the Lord being like Theodrama Emmy. Theodrama. <laughs> but what if we looked at our, you know, our everyday lives that same way? Like, wow. Okay, here we go. I'm going to participate in in this life with you. That's so cool because, you know, you and I have both done things in that, that really are bigger dreamy than us. place, yeah. right? And we've known the excitement and the, you know, kind of like the hair stands up on the back of your neck. Like, yeah. here we go, yeah. you know, buckle up. Yeah. And, yeah, stepping into those places and to think about living day in and out like that. Yeah. Which is so fitting, though, because going all the way back to where we talked about in the beginning, where is the greatest potential for our impact? You know, where where can we really 
changed the world the most? Well, it is in our everyday get up, you know, pour in wholeheartedly to the people that you're with and, and do it from a place of, of humility, but your hand in this great God's hand. And it's just like, here we go. That is incredible. Really. I feel like we should stop because if we talk about anything else, I'm just not going to be able to, that is enough for me to chew on for For this week, the week. Yeah. That makes me so excited about my life. Yeah. And isn't that really, I think that's really what, what he has for us. He doesn't have just the, you know, the occasional big dream. He's made us with intent. He's put us in to history at this time, mm-hmm. this place with these people. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where life is supposed to happen mm-hmm. in all its glory and wonder. Mm-hmm.